Have you ever noticed in scripture that so many people just happened to show up in the presence of the Lord at just the right time? Well, I want to talk about showing up today uh, because that's been a big theme of mine uh, most of my adult life, ever since, well, actually since I played baseball in college for three years, my first college baseball coach uh, impressed upon us three things that have stayed with me, and I've tried to pass these on to all of my students and my parishes, three things that set you up to be successful and to accomplish what you want to accomplish, but you have to do them. The first one, he said, is you've got to suit up. Now, playing baseball, when you showed up, you put your uniform on. When you go to the office, you take your briefcase or your satchel or whatever you need. Suiting up means to take onto yourself all that you need for that day. That's part of the preparation, suiting up. The, sex, the second thing is showing up. Now that's a big one. We think that showing up just means to be physically present, but no, it doesn't. My old coach taught me that. He said, you show up mentally. You show up emotionally. You show up, yes, physically. And I've included spiritually. You show up taking your preparations from suiting up and you make yourself present in every way that you can. And then the last thing, of course, it almost goes without saying, you keep up. You suit up, you show up, and you keep up. You stay abreast of what's happening around you as part of your watchfulness, your observation. You keep up with what's going on. Now, in our gospel lesson today on this wonderful feast of the Holy Family, I wish we knew much more about the life of the Holy Family. Scripture doesn't tell us a lot, but what it does tell us tells us a lot about them. How they interacted, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. And we have a wonderful story today about Joseph and Mary taking the Lord Jesus after this 40-day period of when the mothers of a newborn child were considered to be ritually unclean, uh, they had to wait 40 days to be back in public. And if it were a, a girl child, they had to wait 80 days. I don't know why that was. That was just in the law of that day. And so when this time for their purification, their re-entry into society happened, they, they did all that the law required of them to do. Joseph and Mary meticulously followed the laws of Moses. And so they showed up in the temple for their own purification rites and also to follow the Levitical law which said that every firstborn male child should be presented to God and an offering made. And even though Jesus is God incarnate, notice how they were still fulfilling the law and doing what the law required. Jesus later said he came not to destroy the law, not one stroke of the law would be removed. He came to fulfill it. So they presented Jesus into the temple. They offered what Luke tells us to be the offering of the poor. Two turtle doves, 
or two young pigeons, offering as a sacrifice for their firstborn child, keeping the law. And they showed up when they were supposed to, prepared by suiting up with what they needed, coming prepared, and then showing up at the right place to fulfill the ordinances and the requirements of the law. Now, they weren't the only ones who showed up. We had two people who were there at the temple this at this time, and in both of their cases, we're told, we're told that they just so happened to be there. Isn't it amazing how so many people in Scripture just so happened to be there when Jesus walked by or when Jesus showed up? Blind Bartimaeus in Jericho just so happened to be out when Jesus walked by and he was healed. So were the ten lepers. They just happened to be there. They just happened to show up when Jesus walked by. And they were cleansed. But only one of them came back and gave thanks to God for it. And so on this day, 40 days after Jesus' birth, he shows up in the temple with his parents, the little baby Jesus. And there's Simeon, the first one who encounters Jesus. Simeon was said to be quite elderly. And so he takes the baby in his arms. We're told that Simeon was informed by the Holy Spirit that he would not die until he saw the Christ child with his own eyes. And that becomes very important when we sort of move away from Scripture for a moment into the tradition of the Orthodox Church and the Coptic Church in Egypt. It becomes incredibly important. Simeon takes the baby and says, Lord, first of all, he blesses God. Then he says, Lord, now let us thou thy servant depart in peace according to thy word, for mine eyes have seen thy salvation. The name Yeshua means salvation. Mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before all the people to be a light to enlighten the Gentiles and to be the glory of thy people Israel. And then he speaks to Mary and says, this child, this child, is destined for the rising and falling of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be opposed by many. And a sword will pierce your own soul too. And so he not only testifies to the, the lordship of this baby, but saying that there will be serious things of a bad nature that will happen to him and to his mother. And so Simeon, who just happened to be there and said that he now saw the salvation of God. Let me tell you what the Coptic church in Egypt says about Simeon. We don't know much about him from Luke. Luke doesn't tell us much, except he was elderly and filled with the Holy Spirit. And he was obedient to the Holy Spirit because he just so happened to show up at the same time, the Messiah, the baby, was there. Simeon has a long story in the Coptic church in Egypt. You know, Joseph's gospel, I mean, Matthew's gospel in chapter 2, has a little different story about those early years of Jesus. Matthew tells us that when King Herod got jealous of the wise men because they came to give their gifts 
to the king of the Jews, and Herod, who was the king of the Jews, sent his soldiers to Bethlehem to slaughter the children, the boys in Bethlehem under the age of two. <clears throat> We're told in Matthew's gospel that an angel of the Lord told Joseph, leave, leave Bethlehem for Herod is coming. And we know that Joseph, the foster father of Jesus, was a deeply spiritual man, a visionary, who heard the Lord speak to him through angels in dreams. And so Joseph took Mary and Jesus, and Matthew tells us they went to Egypt to fulfill the prophecy that says, out of Egypt I've called my son. Now, we don't know much about their time in Egypt. I spent a long time this past week looking through the accounts in the Coptic church and the Orthodox church of all 30 of the places in Egypt where Mary and Joseph were supposed to have taken the baby Jesus. 30 places have parishes and churches and shrines and memorials throughout Egypt where the Holy Family visited. And we don't know much about any of that from what Luke tells us. But let me tell you what the Coptic church says about Simeon. Yeah, he was very old, very old, incredibly old. In the year 264 or so BC, the Pharaoh in Egypt, Ptolemy II Philadelphus, was a Greek. He wasn't Egyptian. Alexander the Great, you might remember, conquered Egypt. This was the second Greek Pharaoh. Ptolemy II thought that it was time that the Hebrew Bibles, the Scriptures, be translated into Greek. And so the story is in the Orthodox Church and in the Coptic Church in Egypt that he ordered that there be 70 or 72 Hebrew scholars brought to Alexandria to spend their time translating the Hebrew Scriptures into Greek. And that one of those who was called to do that was Simeon. And when Simeon was doing his translation of uh, Isaiah chapter 7, Simeon got to, to verse 14 that said, And behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a child. <clears throat> and Simeon in his mind said, No, I don't believe that. So he didn't translate it virgin. The, the Hebrew word was Alma. <clears throat> He wrote in Greek, Parthenos, which means virgin, which means a young girl. He didn't write virgin. He wrote young girl. A young girl shall conceive because he didn't believe that it was possible for a virgin to have a child. And when he did that, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in his little cell where he was translating and said, because you have disbelieved this word of God, you will not die until you see the Christ child face to face with your own eyes, the one who is indeed born of a virgin. So you do the math on that. How old was Simeon? If that was in the, the middle of the third century B.C.? Some sources says he was over 300 years old. Maybe 270, 290 years old. So he'd been showing up in the temple for a long time, hasn't he? He'd been waiting, waiting, and waiting 
and hoping and waiting and hoping, looking at every face of every child he could find. And when the temple was up in Jerusalem that Herod the Great built, rebuilt, he showed up and he showed up and he showed up and he showed up because he was not going to die until he saw that. So he, according to the Coptic church, was quite old when he just so happened to show up at the temple at the right time. Just so happened. And he saw the Christ child. And then he could die in peace. And their tradition in the Orthodox church is that he did, right after that, died in peace. You heard him say, my eyes have seen your salvation. O Lord, blessed art thou. And so he gave witness to the glory of the Lord. And then here comes the prophetess Anna. Anna, who was probably married at age 16, was married until she was 23 and was widowed. She was 84 here. And she spent all her time in the temple waiting. We're told by Luke that she never left. She fasted and she prayed and she meditated and she watched and she hoped and she awaited and she showed up over and over and over and over and over hoping, hoping and praying to see. And she just so happened to show up at the right time and she proclaimed to all that this is He. This is He. To all who would listen, this old prophetess who just so happened to show up at the right time. My brothers and sisters, don't underestimate how important it is to show up before the Lord. When we show up and suit up and show up on the earthly level, amazing things can happen. Amazing things. But when you show up prepared before the Lord, miracles happen. And guess what? That's exactly what we're doing today. Showing up, prepared, opening our hearts, being present to Him mentally, being present to Him in our thoughts, in our hearts, in our emotions, and being physically here with Him who is physically here with us to receive Him in His body, blood, soul, and divinity. When we show up before the Lord prepared, miracles happen. Starting with us. We are blessed beyond measure by the One who loves us with His whole heart. And He blesses us so that we can go forth and like the prophetess Anna and like ancient Simeon who declared, I've seen the Lord. We can go into the world and testify to the good news that the world isn't completely dark because the light of Christ shines in it. And we've seen the light with our eyes. And we testify with all that we have to the truth of the Gospel. And my brothers and sisters, if we all did that, if, every, if everyone who came before the Lord today in churches and masses and wherever throughout the world, if we all did that, well, the light would shine in the world and we'd hear songs of hallelujah and, and, and hosannas all around just as we're singing today. As we are here joining our voices with the herald angels who sing to us and we sing to them 
and we share the good news that we have seen the Lord's salvation and experienced it, and he has come to us, and he has come within us. Merry Christmas. <laughs>